This should be played at high volume. Live and local, this is the game. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. It's Saturday, and you know what that means. Finally time for the world-famous CD to step to the mic for two straight hours of no-holds-barred sports talk. It's better than Desperate Housewives. Are you ready? You better get ready. Yeah! Because Under the Dome with CD starts right now. Let's do it. I'm ready. Let's do it. Welcome back to Under the Dome with CD. Hour two of two officially underway here. Hopefully you're having a great Saturday morning. I know I sure am because I'm here with you, number one, number two, coming to you live from the game studios. And hopefully you're listening however you're doing so. Appreciate it as well. Obviously, there's tons of ways to listen in through your free mobile app, Amazon Echo, smart speakers, the dot-coms, everywhere, even the old-school FM dial on 103.7, the tower power here in South Louisiana, southwest Louisiana, and also 104.1 out Lake Charles. And by the way, they're having themselves a hell of a time with the Marsh Madness wrapping up today with them a 4A, 3A, 4A about to get started with Eleanor McMain taking on George Washington Carver. You have Waspin Madison Prep in Class 3. You're going to be starting around 2 o'clock. Around 5, you've got Amy taking on Port Allen. They close out with North Shore taking on Zachary in the Class 5A State Championships over at Burton Coliseum, Lake Chuck. Can't wait to see how all those turn out for those programs. It's always, it's always fun to see the state championships and those are getting ready to be wrapped up in a nice little bow. Meanwhile, the NFL quarterback carousel is starting to run. It's starting to turn a lot. And it's interesting interesting to see how wild and woolly it's been. And I talked a lot about this a few weeks ago with a guy, Jacob Westendorf. It was about a couple weeks ago. We talked to him about the Aaron Rodgers drama, and it felt like he was going to stick around. He, that's basically... What he said. And I can completely understand that. Because it sets up nicely. But the quarterback carousel has already started to move. And it all started because of that first domino to fall. Which is what I said to you on this show a few weeks ago. I'll start with Aaron Rodgers. Because once Aaron Rodgers got tra- got traded or re-signed, everything else is going to start like spinning into motion. It was going to be very fast. It's going to be like musical chairs. Once the music stops, that's who you got. And Aaron Rodgers actually signed a massive four-year deal worth 200 mil. Highest paid player in the history of the league. And the crazy part is 153 million Garen freaking teed. So no matter what, he gets 153 mil. That's insane to think about. And that'll take Aaron Rodgers to the age of 42. And he's obviously a top five quarterback. Now you've got to find some help to get there because I think he's missing help. LaFleur's screwing up in certain aspects of it, of coaching, but I think you also need to have a good receiving core and a deep receiving core to be able to help Aaron Rodgers get back to the Super Bowl. He hasn't been back to the Super Bowl 
now in over a decade. There's an opportunity for him to do that. Will it happen? Your guess is as good as mine. But then we were wondering what was going to happen with Russell Wilson. He was somebody that seemed like he wanted to be out of town. He wanted he wanted out of the Seattle Seahawks franchise. He got what he wanted like right after, a day later, literally. March 8th, that morning, then that afternoon, no more than a few hours later, Russell Wilson and a fourth rounder go to the Broncos. Seahawks get two first rounders, two second rounders. They get to add a little bit more to their war chest, which is great. And they get a fifth rounder, Drew Locke, Shelby Harris, and Noah Fant. I think Drew Locke can be trade bait for anybody right now. Yes. Let's be honest, Drew Locke doesn't necessarily move the needle all that much, especially compared to Russell Wilson, who had started to get stale and had the fact that he had just started getting banged up a lot over in Seattle because his offensive line, not quite like, they weren't a sieve like the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line was in the Super Bowl, but it's still pretty doggone close. So Drew Locke's going over there. I believe he's former Mizzou quarterback, if I'm not mistaken, Drew Locke. I mean, it was a few years ago. Mizzou, yeah. Mizzou quarterback. He was pretty decent over there, but he just isn't going to be the answer long-term wise. Then you have, obviously, the Washington Commanders decide to further prove why people don't want to be a quarterback over there by getting Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz. I think that like people make that joke about the Cleveland Browns quarterback jersey. I want to see a quarterback jersey of the Washington Commanders or the, the Redskins as they used to be called. But that's kind of where I wonder like how long that jersey is going to be. Because people make the joke about the Cleveland Browns jersey over the years where you went from Tim Couch, Coy Detmer, Wynn, Peterson. You had so many guys named there. The list went on and on and on and on. And then you finally landed on Baker Mayfield. Like just over the last like three years, you've had to jump around because of the injury, that gruesome injury. Like it's insane to see how much things have changed over the last few years with you not knowing what the hell you're doing. And it's a dumpster fire all the way around. A lot of it has to do with, of course, everybody's least favorite owner and Dan Snyder. You got, again, you got Alex Smith. He had that gruesome injury in 2018. You want him going from him to Colt McCoy, Mark Sanchez, Josh Johnson, ending the season, getting Case Keenum. Case Keenum. Yet him, that didn't work out right. You want to firing Jay Gruden. You flipped around, wound up getting some other guys. You drafted a quarterback, hired Ron Rivera. You hired a, you, you drafted a middle of the road quarterback in Dwayne Haskins. You released him prior to the 2019 season, 2020 season. Excuse me. You released him. You drafted him. Didn't work out. Then you have to have Taylor Heineke. I think they've had the absolute worst luck when it comes to getting quarterbacks. And then they go ahead and do this. They. They doubled down on getting Carson Wentz. 
Yes, like seriously, Carson Wentz is where they've had to land on. And this is coming from NBC Sports Washington about the supposed names they passed on. Three quarterbacks they reportedly passed on. And then this is, again, this is after they missed out on the two biggest ones in Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson, which, again, makes sense. But they apparently passed on Deshaun Watson, Garoppolo, Jimmy G, which, again, out of those three, I think Watson would have probably been the better pick because of the fact that I think he has more potential. He had a year off, and hopefully he can get in shape because I think that's the biggest key in this whole conversation is how much is he going to be in shape to take on the bumps of a regular season after taking a complete year away from the game. Jimmy G? I probably would have liked him if I were the 49ers, but I think the biggest issue with him is more the fact that he is recovering from shoulder surgery. He just had it like last week. And that's something that if I, I'm an NFL like front office guy, I'm probably not going to want that guy on my team. Not because I don't think he can help us out, but it just doesn't fit in the game plan for the future. He is... If he has that surgery in early March, there's a chance that he might not be ready to go in September. Of course, Midrichordism Modern Medicine probably can make that a little bit better of a chance where they're going to be ready to go. But it's tough. It's tough to say. And then Trubisky is the other one that you kind of had to think about. And I keep saying it. Mitch Trubisky... I wouldn't touch him with a 20-foot pole. I still don't understand why the Chicago Bears front office decided to go do that a few years ago. Is trade up to number two and try to act like the smartest guy in the room and get Mitch Trubisky. It's a lot like the Giants picking Daniel Jones. I just don't see it. I still don't see it. But Carson Wentz is probably the the best out of a bad situation. Because, again, Watson, unknown. Mitch Trubisky, you know he's not going to be all that great. It's a lot like what I said last week. If I saw him be with the Saints, I'd probably throw up in my own mouth right now. I'd much rather have somebody like a Carson Wentz over Mitch Trubisky any day of the week. But then you remember, the guy's got injured like crazy the entire time he's been in the league. Do you really want to take that risk when you know you don't have much else to really look at. So far, I think that the Broncos are huge winners. They got rid of a bad quarterback, and they managed to get a great mobile quarterback. And that team, we keep hearing it all the time, that they are one quarterback away. They've been one quarterback away for probably the last 10 years. Even before, even when Manning jumped over, that was Manning tail into career. And when they got to the Super Bowl, Peyton Manning won, not because of his ability to throw the football. No, no, no. He got a second ring because of his defense. The defense was, was one of the best I've ever seen. That's not what I'm seeing with this 
hodgepodge. That's an absolute hodgepodge of a team. If there ever was one. But I like what I'm seeing from the Green Bay. They're showing good faith by keeping him around. They could have very well had a debate that goes on for months on end, and we would have, we could have had him go somewhere else, maybe even to the New Orleans Saints. Highly unlikely, but it's a possibility. And now you wonder, Deshaun Watson, all his allegations and his time in courtrooms, spending months on end on, over there, they're done. Yeah, so they're they're done now. And moving forward, you are starting to kind of think, how are the Saints going to navigate these waters? Are they is Teddy Bridgewater's available? Do they go back to him? Do they go do they stick with Jameis Winston? Which is the real question. Or do they try and shoot their shot to get everybody's guy that they want. Cause I've been seeing a Twitter world where the saints fans want Deshaun Watson. I'll get to that at the end of the show, but you've got Jameis Winston and you could probably get him on a quote unquote hometown discount. He did really well. I would love to have him if he's available, if you can get him for the right amount of money, because I think he, Still hasn't proven as much as he could have if he didn't get injured. And with a new head coach, potentially a new offensive scheme, this is a guy I would absolutely love to have if I'm the New Orleans Saints. Again, I'm I'm always going to be kind of leaning towards sticking with what you got rather than trying to go into the unknown. That's kind of where... I'm adding all this, and hopefully you have a different difference of opinion. If you want to call up, talk about the situation with New Orleans Saints, the quarterback carousel, give me a call, 337-706-0111, 337-706-0111. We'll take a quick time out, and when we come back, I think we got to get to some other things on this show, namely the big news on the play-by-play announcing front involving Fox's play-by-play guys making the jump over to the four-letter network. We'll talk about that next right here on The Game, 103.7 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Coleman Crawley joining the program as well at 11.30. After all your problems during the week, it's finally the weekend. Yeah, baby! That's what I've been waiting for. That's what it's all about. That means you're getting more Under the Dome with CD right now on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Under the Dome with CD right here on 
Acadia, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, The Game, 103.7 Live yet, and 104.1 out in Lake Charles. Hopefully, you're having a tremendous Saturday morning. I know I sure am because I'm here with you. And we got Coleman Crawley coming up in the next about 10 minutes or so. I'm going to talk to him about the world of college hoops as we approach Selection Sunday. He's the host of the Mimosa Till March podcast. So I'm sure undoubtedly we're going to talk about what's going on with LSU and where they kind of land in his rankings as we are about 24 hours away from the most wonderful time of the year. March Madness, those brackets are going to be out and about. But we also got something else going down and things are getting started up. We're talking about it. And that's golf. The Players' Championship is going on right now. The Louisiana Open is going to be next weekend. Right here in our neck of the woods. But for the folks in Lake Charles, finally, you've got the Corn Ferry Tour making its debut in Lake Charles. It was originally supposed to start in 2020. Obviously, COVID happened. A hurricane happened. But 2022, it's finally here. The Lake Charles Championship. And we've got a chance for you to be part of our team at the Lake Charles Championship. You can win a dozen golf balls and a spot on the game foursome for the Pro-Am. That's right. You can golf with the one and only big, bald, beautiful. That's his copy, not mine. And we're talking about RP3. If you want to golf with the man himself, RP3, in the Lake Charles Championship Pro-Am on Wednesday, March 23rd, all you have to do is text NUGGET, N-U-G-G-E-T, to 68683 for a chance to golf with RP3. Interesting how much all that rhymed. T three three. It, it all kind of it all kind of puts together. But again, that's nugget to six eight six eight three for a chance to win the golfing with RP three contest presented by the game Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Thankfully, you're golfing with him and not me, because my goodness, my handicap would be let's say like a forty five probably. Mind you, I. I think outside of putt-putt, I've never actually had a golf game before. I've never played golf before, like in terms of full 18 holes. Probably the closest I've ever done is maybe Mario Golf. That's about as best as I can tell you right now. <laughs> but anyways, en- enough self-deprecation. Let's go ahead and get into the conversation that everybody's been talking about. Is You've got NFL on Fox's America's Game of the Week, the big time broadcast that everybody watches because it's mainly NFC teams and it's none other than Troy Aikman and Joe Buck are both walking away from Fox and with Joe Buck he's walking away from the World Series to be the official voice of Monday Night Football according to Andrew Marshan of the New York Post. It's wild like to think about all how much things have changed. Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, two guys who have been stalwarts of the NFL on Fox for years, going to tr- try and bring back people towards Monday Night Football's commentators. Because the last few years since the breakup of Tariko, like since the breakup, of Mike Tirico and John Gruden, it's been a hodgepodge. Ever since they had that kind of 
come to an end with Mike Tirico, then it was Sean McDonough and John Gruden. Since then, they've basically been trying to, they've been struggling to get anything done and make this a like salvageable broadcast. Joe Tessitore didn't necessarily work out all that well. Steve Levy, Steve Levy's fine. It's just not great. I think somebody, and obviously you have Booger McFarland kind of single-handedly ruin any and all opportunities to have a good broadcast. It's it's going to be interesting to see how it all pans out for a lot of these guys and how much the conversation is going to shift towards who's going to take who's going to be next who's going to take over and do these things the right way like who's going to be the next guy he's again it goes back you know people of a certain age they know all too well the legacy of having you know Frank Gifford and Howard Cosell and Dandy Don Meredith and having that group an all-timer trio and like they were at certain points, they were some of the best in terms of straight-up programming of, money, of football commentators. And now you're also trying to, I mean, now you've left Fox kind of caught with their pants down and trying to figure out how they're going to put together their Fox broadcasts. Not just for the World Series, because obviously Joe Buck was, he's always been good at baseball. Football, I'm just not, I'm just not a huge fan of him. I am always going to go ahead and go watch the Manning cast as long as that thing is still available. But I wonder who's left of guys that are going to be taking over that potential spot there. Obviously, you know, you have John Madden. They're going to try and carry on that legacy that we saw with guys like Al Michaels and John Madden, Frank Gifford, Howard Cosell in the early days of the Monday Night Football era because, I mean, those two teams are probably the most iconic group. You can throw in Dandy Don as well in this conversation, but there was kind of a lot of hit and miss in certain aspects of their broadcast over the years. Outside of, I mean, Tariq and Gruden is definitely the third, and I think just based off of this, they could very well get into that fourth-place honorable mention of top three teams in the history of Monday Night Football doing commentary. Flipping it over, though, the Fox side, I threw this takeout on Twitter yesterday, and I think a lot of people probably would agree with me wholeheartedly. There's a, and I he The only thing that's holding him back is probably the Turner Sports deal. That's the only real thing that's probably going to hold him back is the fact he does Turner Sports for the NBA on TNT, and he does a fantastic job with that. March Madness, which is coming up. That's what's going to hold him back. Because does can he do that? Can he still do that and still do the NBA on TNT once the basketball season wraps up? Can is can he still do that, or does he have to go full blown Fox? Which would be interesting. Is Kevin Harlan? Kevin Harlan is the guy that I would love to have be the voice, be the play by play commentator for the NFL on Fox's America's Game of the Week. Now now you're kind of like, I just don't like a lot of the guys they have now. It just feels very samey and safe when you listen to a lot of the guys that do commentary across the front. Every single guy just sounds very generic. 
in a sense. There's some good ones, but I feel like they are very much on a different level, on a different like space compared to, let's say, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. Those two were, I mean, obviously they're the cash cows of the NFL on Fox and their deal and how it all works. It's going to be very tough to kind of fill those shoes, but I'm interested to see who lands on that spot. Who's going to take over the NFL on Fox going forward? I mean, you have Kirk Herbstreet, apparently. He's already signed the deal. He's already spun the wheel, made the deal to join Thursday Night Football for the Amazon broadcast, which is massive because that's, again, it's a lot like what we're seeing with the quarterback carousel. Things are moving around really fast, and the musical chairs are eventually going to stop, and there could be a situation where Fox doesn't have an NFL, a number one booth, really. It's going to be guys who are just rotate for a little bit. But they need to have that because, again, it's always a ratings battle. And let's be honest, I think Tony Romo and Jim Nance are the four superior Prime time, 3 o'clock game of the week that you're going to watch. If you have a choice, of course, because we know over here, it's usually going to be the Fox game of the week we get. America's game of the week, we're always going to get Joe Buck. We're always going to be saddled with that. But the weeks when we have the CBS game, Jim Nance, Tony Romo, that is sometimes the best kind of stuff. I'm just intrigued to see how it all works out if Kevin Harlan can become available. Now that could also cost us the great opportunity for us here on Southwest Louisiana Sports Station to have him do Monday Night Football. That could throw a wrench into things as well because the dude does a lot of things and he does them well. That said, I think I can think of at least one name that fits the color commentator role. Controversial. But I think Sean Payton, I I said a a few weeks ago that I think Sean Payton would work well in a studio host, a studio analyst type outfit, but desperate times call for desperate measures. He's going to have the Fox execs kind of bent over backwards on a barrel and he's going to have a chance to get get what he wants and get a good bit of money to be there, hopefully for the duration of his time rather than go back to coaching in two years for the Dallas Cowboys. Seriously, I don't ever want him to be the head coach of the Cowboys. Coach anywhere else, any of the other 31 teams in the league, maybe maybe the Falcons too, but I don't think he would ever do that. Because that'd be a lot like Saban jumping ship from the Miami Dolphins to Alabama after being the head coach at LSU for so many years. That's a different conversation. We're going to go ahead and take a quick timeout. When we come back, we're going to talk some NC2A basketball. Is we get that much closer to the madness that is March? So we're going to talk about that next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. 
Most sports talk shows turn it up to 10 on the amp, but Under the Dome is far from your ordinary sports talk show. It takes it just one step higher. These guys are that. Now back to the show that gets the lead out. Under the Dome with CD on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Under the Dome with CD right here on the game. 103.7 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles. Hopefully you're having a fantastic Saturday morning. I know I sure am. I'm sure our next guest is too. Because unlike me, he's probably at home enjoying a mimosa. After all, he is the host of the Mimosas Till March podcast. I say that because I can't have drinks in the studio. But he's on the phone right now, so I'm sure he can. And we're talking, of course, about Coleman Crawley, a bracketology expert, the second-ranked bracketologist in the world last season. I'm sure he's aiming for that number one spot in 2022. Coleman, how you doing, brother? I'm doing fantastic. I hope you all are doing well. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you coming on, man. And, you know, obviously we want to start off looking at LSU, who lost last yesterday afternoon to the Arkansas Razorbacks in embarrassing fashion, 79-67, the third time they've lost to them this season. How much does that affect their seeding? We talked about it a while back, about how much maybe the tournament doesn't affect your overall seeding, but Joe Lenardi recently put out his. He has LSU as the sixth seed in the South region. How do you see this whole thing shaking out for LSU after a less than stellar showing yesterday afternoon against Arkansas. I don't see it, um, just as we touched on last week, I don't see it affecting their seed line very much. That's a quality loss to a very good Arkansas team that's playing great basketball right now. I agree with Joe and see LSU on the sixth line. Um, Now, last year the committee was a little screwy with their SEC seed lines, I believe. And when I had LSU as a six last year, they ended up as an eight. So who knows where they'll end up, the committee, obviously. Um, but I've got LSU as a six. I agree with Joe at this point. And looking at around the SEC, obviously, we're going to kind of keep it going here. One team in particular, I think their road gets a little bit easier in terms of Arkansas winning the SEC championship in the tournament on Sunday. He said they'll be playing Texas A&M at the top of this hour, and a&M, it feels like eventually that team's going to run out of steam, right? Buzz Williams and them, like, the, the Cavs going to run out of nine lives. And I think this could be the opportunity for Arkansas to really establish itself. Is there any chance that Arkansas could be a sneak in as one of those final one seeds when it's all said and done on Selection Sunday? No, I don't see Arkansas doing enough right now with where their metrics sit at um, to be able to get to that one seed line. Also, their 286 non-conference strength of schedule, that's what's really holding them back. Their other opponents in the SEC played a much more tougher non-conference schedule. Um, so despite their dominance in this conference, I don't see any chance, or, or of late, I don't see any chance for Arkansas to get a one seed. A two is probably their, their highest hope. Talk right now, Coleman Crawley. You can follow him on Twitter at SharpShotSelect. He's the host of the Mimosas Till March podcast. 
Meanwhile, last night, you had a hell of a ball game between Vanderbilt and Kentucky. And Kentucky was able to come away with a 71-77 win. They'll be taking on Tennessee. Who do you think comes out of that one into the finals? And do you think it's going to be Arkansas-Kentucky or is it going to be or are we going to see something a little bit different? I think we're going to see Arkansas-Kentucky. I agree with you that Buzz Williams and A&M's um, run is going to end. But Tennessee playing great basketball right now, as good as anybody in the country. Kentucky, as you mentioned, didn't look overwhelmingly convincing last night against Vanderbilt. I still believe um, Kentucky, with their offense, would like to see them continue to improve defensively. But I still believe Kentucky is SEC's best representative for a national championship this year. Um, And I see a Kentucky-Arkansas matchup, a rematch of that fantastic game we saw in Bud Walton Arena not too long ago. I believe that's who will be the SEC championship. Is Auburn coming into the NCAA tournament like – I think they're the team that's very much limping into the NCAA tournament, the way they performed in the SEC tournament, especially down the stretch. They had a handful of games that, like, based off of what they did to start the season and start conference play, they were on a heater. But they started to cool off very quickly once they got into February. And now that we're that much closer to March Madness, how quickly could this team's run in the tournament end? It could end in the first weekend. Um, And I don't think there's a single team in the country, uh, maybe you could say with Gonzaga's consistency, that they're a shoe-in to that second weekend. But there may not be a single team in the country with as chaotic as college basketball has been in this year that I would say, oh, they're a shoe-in to the second weekend. And Auburn is certainly not one of those teams. They seem to be playing their best basketball back in January, kind of something we saw of Alabama the year prior. Um, When you're going to Missouri, going to Mississippi State, and having to win very close games against teams that aren't very close to making the NCAA tournament, that's not a great look when you want to be playing your best basketball right now. Um, So I am a little concerned currently, and how far Auburn goes I think will depend mightily on their matchup. I would definitely agree with you, Coleman Crawley, right now on the game hotline. And one team in particular, a lot of people are going to be looking at in the not too distant future and seeing how they do. The Duke Blue Devils, they're still in the ACC tournament, taking on Virginia Tech later on tonight. But obviously, it's the last ride for Coach K. And the way the way the regular season ended was the way anybody wanted it to be. The way they underperformed in Cameron Indoor Arena, the the way that ended. How much do you think this team is motivated to try and win one more for, I think, undoubtedly, one of the greatest college coaches of all time? Uh, Oh, absolutely. I think they have to be motivated. Um, Perhaps that loss to North Carolina will be a good thing in terms of that motivation factor. Man, we didn't give Coach K his last glorious moment in Cameron Indoor. Let's get him a national championship. would be fine with that consolation prize. I worry about Duke's consistency. They don't seem to bring it on a night-in, night-out basis. I also don't love teams to win national titles that are so freshman-oriented. That lack of experience, I think, hurts. Um, So, yes, they will be motivated. No, I don't think they'll get it done. 
it's going to be fun to see how it all kind of pans out. Where do you see Duke kind of landing in your brackets right here, right now? Right now, I've got them at the two line. They just lack some of the opportunities that these SEC or Big 12 top programs or even Gonzaga in Arizona got to have in their conferences. Um, the ACC not really having a top team to stand alongside Duke like, we're, like we've seen so much in the past in that conference. All of their seeds, North Carolina has played hot lately, but the second-best team is looking to be seeded ninth or worse in that conference. So due to that, I have a tough time seeing Duke, even with a win tonight, climbing up to that one seed. I think they're probably a two. I want to flip it over to some some betting lines because obviously not not only are you a bracketologist, you spend some time looking at the spreads across college basketball, and this is a huge weekend for sports betting, especially on the college basketball front not unlike what we're going to see this time next Thursday, where everybody's not going to be working, paying more attention to the scores and spreads. One in particular caught my eye for today's contest, and it's the Houston Cougars against the Tulane Green Wave. Houston's installed as 13-point favorites. Is that line a little bit too high? You know, um, I think it could be Tulane, an incredible job what Coach Hunter has done there. Very impressed uh, to get to the conference semis with where that program was just a couple years prior. He's done a terrific job and will continue to do a terrific job. Houston, they have an ability, unlike anybody in the country, I think, to set the tone and play their brand of basketball better than anyone else. They just bring an intensity and a focus, particularly on the defensive end of the floor, uh, that, that Kelvin ignites in them. So that's one I'm completely staying away from. I could see Tulane and Coach Hunter mucking it up, keeping it under 13, but also you never know when Houston's just going to come out more inspired than the other team and dominate them from the jump. And on that front, I mean, Houston obviously, Houston's pretty much secured a spot in the NCAA tournament, right? It's, 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 it's kind of almost become academic, this team continually getting into the NCAA tournament over the last few years. Yes, yes, it has. They're, they're without a doubt going to be in the field. What is odd for Houston, though, is they have really struggled in quad one games against elite competition. Now, some of those losses have been very close. One possession losses, that's why their metrics are so good. But their best win at this point is a neutral win over Oklahoma State. So whether or not Houston wins their American tournament, is very determinate in where their seed line will end up, more so than anyone else currently still playing. All right, I got a couple more for you before I let you go, and I'm going to come right out the gates with this one. Who's the first four, uh, your top top seeds in your bracket right now? Currently, I would have Gonzaga, Baylor, Kansas, and Arizona. Um, Kansas, in Kentucky, though, are very close. If Kentucky is able to knock off or, or to win the conference championship, I think that head-to-head is really going to matter against Kansas. So Kentucky's a team that could steal another bid, but I think or another one seed. But I think it's between those five teams for those four spots. Let's flip it over to who's the first four out in your bracket because it, it feels like, like you said, it's it's a lot very volatile right now. The picture is starting to get a little bit clearer because we're again 
a little more than 24 hours out from the big day when Selection Sunday and they drop the brackets. Who's going to be your, the first four out, according to you? Currently, um, this will change, I, I imagine, between now and 5 o'clock tomorrow, Central Time Selection Sunday. I'll really deep dive into the past precedents. We only have two NCAA tournaments of the net and quadrant raking era. Um, and so I love to look at the recent history because these teams' current resumes end up looking very similar to what's happened in years past. But right now, out of the field, my first four out, I have in this order Rutgers, VCU, uh, Wake Forest, and Notre Dame. Now that could change. A um, and M also right there, but OU I currently have in the field. Virginia Tech I currently have in the field, um, but some big games certainly upcoming today and tomorrow. Coleman, thank you so much for coming on, my man. We'll talk to you down the road. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, and more importantly, enjoy Selection Sunday, brother. I know that's pretty much your Christmas whenever those brackets do indeed drop. Absolutely. We're in the best month of the year, um, and I hope everyone else is enjoying it as well and that you all teams have success in your tournament run. That's what I'm talking about. Appreciate it once again. Coleman Crawley. You can follow him on Twitter at SharpShotSelect. Give him a follow if you love college hoops and also love a little bit of uh, the, the gambling. That's why I follow him. Good friend of the program. Appreciate him joining the program as always. We'll have the, that up on demand a little bit. But we're going to take a quick timeout. Got one final take for you. And it involves one guy I talked about earlier in the hour. We started the hour talking NFL quarterbacks. We'll end it talking NFL quarterbacks. And I've got a take that's probably going to ruffle the feathers of a lot of people. Back after this on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Before we close up shop here on Under the Dome, CD has just one more take to fire off before he drops the mic. Is it going to be a take that lands on the Scoville scale? Or is it going to be as cold as the pizza in your fridge? Let's listen in and find out. Welcome back to Under the Dome with CD right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and a 1041 Leg Charles. Before we wrap up, let me give you a heads up that Hangout Music Fest, it's coming back to Gulf Shores, and we want to hook you up with tickets to this epic weekend of music. You can score VIP passes by just being a member of the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com. Don't miss the return of Hangout Fest featuring Post Malone, Halsey, Megan Thee Stallion, and so many more. That's only a few of the names they got. It's a stacked lineup. And that's Hangout Music Fest, May 20th to the 22nd in Gulf Shores, Alabama. You can win VIP passes from the game, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. My one final take for the show today involves one Deshaun Watson. I said it earlier. There were a lot of people that were jumping up and down and wanting to have that man be the next quarterback of the New Orleans Saints. Personally, I don't want him. I don't want anything to do with him. With all due respect, great player. But it's going to be incredibly awkward to have him there. After all that he's been through over the last year. Of course, he got cleared by the courts. It's That's what it's all about. That's why he's going to become a commodity for any team in the NFL. But why do you need to get somebody else? Why has it always been, even after James Winston had a 
really good season before the injury. Why is it always about flipping the switch and saying, hey, let's go ahead and, and change it all up and have him do that? Let's go ahead and give him the opportunity. Let's go ahead and get somebody else because Davis Winston didn't work out. He didn't work out because he got injured. You can still get him to come back for 2022. It does. You don't have to. Because let's be honest. I think that whoever gets Sean Deshaun Watson is going to be paying money out the wazoo, or giving up draft picks that are going to be costly in the long term to get somebody who hasn't played in a year. There's a lot of unknown about him, and I can guarantee you that press conference when they introduce him is going to be pretty doggone awkward. I just don't. Don't like it. I'd much rather you say, hey, Jameis, come back. We got you. Or give another opportunity to Teddy Two Gloves. Give him a chance. Anybody but Deshaun. With all due respect to the Saints fans, y'all at your minds thinking that's even an idea. I wouldn't want him on my team. Just because of the un- uncertainty surrounding him. Because, again, he hasn't played in over a year. At least Jameis Winston played. Teddy Bridgewater's played. I'd much rather give those guys an opportunity. Hell, I was mentioned earlier, Mitch Trubisky wouldn't necessarily be my first choice. He'd be over Deshaun Watson. That's how much I don't want to see him on my team. And on the New Orleans Saints. But, you know, that's just that's just me. I'm not the one making the decisions. But I feel like Deshaun Watson would be a mistake. That's about all I got for today's show. Be back with you next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. Of course, that's pending because we don't know what's going to happen with the LSU team when they get into March Madness. Can they make it to round two? What time's that game? We'll get you all that information and more throughout the week. But until next time, I'm Clint Domey, the world-famous CD, saying peace.